Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. So you think you can find the right fit for your team? Mm, Not so much. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Today, we're talking about understanding and evaluating others. It is definitely a core competency of leadership from the complete leader. This podcast is all about diving into those competencies that make leaders better day in and day out. We use the book, The Complete Leader by Ron Price and Randy Lisk as the basis for the conversation. And we have those conversations each and every week with Ron Price. Ron's mission is helping leaders grow and change their worlds. He believes if you move the people, you move the numbers. He spent more than 35 years working with leaders to solve problems, pursue opportunities, learn new things, and implement change. Ron has held executive positions in both for-profit and not-for-profit organizations. He has extensive executive experience building leadership teams, expanding into multiple countries, and working in many different industries with private companies. Ron is the author of Treasure Inside and co-author of The Innovator's Advantage and The Complete Leader. Ron Price, great to be with you today. Great to be with you, Dale. If you're following along in the book, we are looking at three point to understanding and evaluating others under the section of leaders lead others. And uh, I was reminded of, of this study in the book where you'd ask a leader, can you find the right fit for your team as you are understanding and evaluating people, thinking about hiring? And, and we think we're really good at it, but the research says, no, we are not. That's right, Dale. There was a study done at Michigan State several years ago by John Hunter, and what he wanted to study was how well do entrepreneurs identify talent and hire people who end up being superior performers. The opinion of a lot of entrepreneurs is that they have this sixth instinct or that they have this gut feel. And a lot of them will tell you that within the first 20 or 30 seconds, they'll make a decision about whether or not somebody fits their company. Actually, uh, uh, there's another research study that says that most of us form first impressions when we meet somebody else in the first seven seconds. (laughs) So in, in any case, the entrepreneurs thought that they had a pretty good take on understanding and evaluating how other people would fit in their organization. And when John Hunter did the research, what he found out was that they were right. They are accurate. They are good at identifying superior talent at exactly 14% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) You you helped us to understand that that was going to be a setup. The reality is that, yes, we all have gut feelings. Some of us trust them more than we do others. But if you're going to be a complete leader, if you're going to excel in leading others, you have to go beyond. You have to transcend. You have to explore beyond just your gut feeling. And today, we have more tools than ever to be able to understand people at deeper levels. We've got terrific uh, resources out there that we could take advantage of, and if we learn how to use them, they would give us a terrific advantage over our competitors in the way that we build teams and the way that we organize teams. But, you know, too many leaders don't 
apply the rigor. They don't apply the discipline to that. They continue to trust their gut and to think, well, I know right away. And of course they are convinced and they make that higher. And then six months or nine months or 12 months later, they can't figure out what happened to that perfect person that they hired. Well, what happened is that they got to know who the real person was, not who they were projecting on that person that they might be. It truly is the great paradox in, in one of those areas that we think, oh, yeah, I can figure this out when, in fact, uh, we fail miserably as human beings. Yeah, we do. And it, it, it's not that we don't get anything. It's that we don't get enough, that mm. there's more that we need to understand. There's more that we need to evaluate. And this really is a skill because now we're talking about using this new science of self. That's a phrase that has been uh, trademarked by TTI Success Insights, a company in Scottsdale, Arizona, that focuses on talent profiles that help us to understand people at deeper levels. And, and it's available to us today. And in particular, with the merging of neuroscience and psychology, we're able to understand things about people's natural traits and uh, their skills that they bring to work that we never can identify at a gut level. It, we really do need this science, just like e a doctor could draw your blood and look at the blood and they might have a gut feeling for what's going on inside your blood. But when they actually run it through the lab tests, there is so much more data that they get out of it as a result. It's the same thing in understanding people. We should be taking advantage of these tools that help us to understand people much, much more clearly and deeply. So let's start by talking about what it is. When we talk about understanding and evaluating others, what goes into that? How do you see it? Define it for us. Well, I like to start by saying that it's the ability to see the individuality in a person, to recognize that they're unique and understand what their unique point of view or attitudes, traits, and skills might be. And one of the ways that you know you're going that direction is if you refuse to put people into groups. Because when we, when we say, well, all engineers are this way, or all accountants are that way, or all salespeople, or we could say all Christians are all Muslims, or we could say all Americans are all Canadians are all, when you put people into groups, you are demonstrating that you have not developed the skill of understanding and evaluating others. We really have to get beyond the surface ways that we tend to categorize people and recognize that most of what makes up that person is below the surface. It's not those things that we see with our eyes at first. And so it's the ability to go deeper and it's first an attitude and then it's developing the tools and the skills to be able to do this. One of the books that I recommend often to executives that I'm working with because it's an easy read, but it's profound and it's fun at the same time is a book by Malcolm Gladwell called The One Thing You Need to Know. And the subtitle of the book is about great managing, great leading and sustained individual success. And the whole premise of the book is that Malcolm Gladwell is saying, could we identify one guiding principle for great managing that if you organized around that principle, you're going to be successful or another one for great leading or another one for sustained individual success. So the principle that he focuses on around great managing is that we're going to organize around people's strengths. And he talks about three different ways of doing that first, recognizing that almost everybody wants to do great work. You know, this challenges the thinking of some leaders. Some, some leaders still live by that slogan that when the cat's away, 
the mice will play. They still think that people don't want to do good work, that people want to be irresponsible, and they're just looking for the first chance to do that. Yeah, there probably is a small percentage of people that want to loaf, but that isn't what most people want. Most people want to do great work. Number two, he says, individuals come to their work with unique and enduring talents that can be productively applied. In other words, that we're all different, that we all have something that's unique and enduring. And the third premise or the third assumption he makes is that the best results coming from helping, I'm sorry, the best results come from helping people develop their talents into sustainable performance. In contrast to the way a lot of us were taught to lead people is let's focus on what they're not good at and work on helping them fix that. What Malcolm Gladwell says, and the research bears it out, is don't spend so much time trying to fix people. Figure out what they're good at and help them to keep getting better. Help them to develop skill on top of that natural trait, that natural talent, so that they get better and better and better. And that this is how we're going to get greater team performance. This is how we're going to get greater business results or fulfill our organization's missions. And it's all built around this idea that in order to do that, you have to first start by under understanding that person and evaluate what their strengths and weaknesses are and make sure that you're organizing around their strengths. So I think that you can't take a shortcut of not taking the time to get to know what a person's unique capabilities are and and, and get there. You, if you take that shortcut, you're actually making the trip take longer. And I believe that great leaders organize their people and they lead their people in a way that they're spending 70 to 80% of their interaction with each of those people around leveraging their strengths. And they're not spending more than 20 or 30% of their time focused on fixing a weakness. And if you can build a whole team where you can lead them that way, it's amazing what you'll accomplish and you will outperform even your own expectations over time because you'll find a magic of synergy when everybody is focused on doing the thing that they do best. But it doesn't happen easily and you can't get there if you don't develop this skill of understanding and evaluating others in a very specific, articulate, and I would say comprehensive manner. And I'll just remind folks, you can't, get to that place in the first seven seconds. You can't get to that place of (laughs) understanding and evaluating others and knowing where their strengths are in the first seven seconds of the interview. So, yeah. And I'm convinced Dale having had, as you mentioned in the introduction, over 35 years of experience as a leader, I, I, I say 35 because people will know how old I really am. If I say it's actually over 45, (laughs) (laughs) but There is no way that you can get there just depending on intuition, your gut, or just depending on your own soft skills at understanding and evaluating people. You need some tools that are going to help you get there. And that really brings me to how I think you can develop this as a skill. So you, you have to begin by slowing down. You have to recognize that your goal is to identify the unique traits, the unique capabilities, the unique skills of that individual, and that that takes time. Secondly, these tools that you use, we, we, I've, I've looked at a lot of profiling tools. So these are online surveys that people can complete that create some type of a map that help us understand who they are. And so there's some like MBTI, or you might have heard of DISC, or you might have heard of Hogan, or there are literally dozens of these tools out there that help you to understand a person's natural traits and some of them measure their skills as well and there are six in particular that we use in different 
combinations based on how we're helping a leader to understand and evaluate her people and organize them for more productivity. The first one that we work on is understanding their natural behavioral style. So how do they respond to problems? How do they interact with other people? What is their natural response to change? And how do they deal with quality issues and responding to rules or standards that have been established by somebody else? There are actually 39,000 different patterns of just looking at a person's behavioral style. And you can measure those today in a way that is predictive of how a person's going to respond in different circumstances and how they're going to respond under stress and where they can be the most productive, where they can be the most successful. Secondly, we want to look a little bit deeper and understand what drives them. What are their underlying motivators? What is it that interests them the most and what causes them to have the greatest sense of fulfillment and achievement and therefore is going to optimize their engagement in the work that they do? There are very specific ways that you can measure this and and apply it to the kind of work that they're doing. Third, we're looking at their preferences or their values, the way that they make judgments about things. We, we have ways of measuring and actually taking a dip into their subconscious and understand how their subconscious is influencing their decision making and the way that they respond to people or to practical issues around them or to the concepts and the structures and the ideas that they're organizing their work around. And then we have another tool that we use to understand their emotional intelligence. How well do they understand their own emotions and control them and use them in a productive way? And how well do they understand and relate to the emotions of other people and use those to get more done as a group than they would individually? And then we have another tool that helps us understand how they respond to stress. What kinds of stress? We measure eight different sources of stress and how it might be affecting them and where it can actually be a positive influence and then where it may be detrimental. And then finally, we have a couple different assessments that help us to understand their current mastery of over 30 different skills that might relate to leadership or sales or communication. So these tools are available and by using them, we, get, we advance our understanding of a person dramatically with a lot more wisdom we can organize around those strengths so that they can be more productive and we can elevate the success of our group and our organization. And just so as clarify, this is a 45 to 60 minute online questionnaire that a person Uh, goes through and answers a series of questions that gives us that deeper dive into their behaviors, their motivators, their preferences, their emotional intelligence, their stress, what their stressors and their skill set. So in the grand scheme of things, uh, for the amount of time that it takes to uh, have a person answer these questions, the payoff is significant and and well worth that that time invested. It really is. And there's over 80 years of research into these kinds of tools now. So they've really become quite sophisticated. It's not like one of those surveys that you take on Facebook that tells you what kind of an animal you are or what movie star you're like. You know, those may be fun, but they're not scientifically validated. The tools I'm talking about that you can use in your organization and in your leadership today have been scientifically validated. And without me going into all the details and the academics of them, they're highly predictive, 80%, 90% predictive in what you're going to experience working with this person. And they can be utilized not only for understanding the person, but 
we have tools that help us to map out what the job is asking for. So now we can understand the dance or the relationship between the person and how they fit in the work that you're asking them to do, which brings tremendous clarity in the way that you're making decisions about how to organize your team, who to bring on your team, how you might want to promote somebody into greater success versus promoting them out of success, how you want to develop that person. These tools can be used to take you deeper and deeper into this whole idea of evaluating and understanding other people. I love that that phrase that you used, the talent job dance. I, I really think it is because I think very few people were born, were created to do the job that you've put them in. Uh, occasionally you might find somebody who's a perfect fit, but the vast majority of the time, 98, 99%, you're finding somebody who's maybe a good fit, not a perfect fit. They might even be a really good fit, but not perfect. And a great leader is sort of like a jazz conductor or the leader of a jazz band where you're shifting the leadership and you're constantly adjusting and tweaking as you learn more and more about your team. Or I think of uh, the sports analogy. I love watching the strategy behind football. I love watching the coaching behind football because there's this constant tweaking that's taking place between your strategy and your talent and your game plan with the objective of winning. And the coaches who understand this and go deep both in rigor, but then they also bring great emotion to it and great motivation to it are the coaches that have a lot of rings that they can wear on their hands. Hmm. Too true. So, and it's when we understand this talent job dance, uh, it also pays off on the, not only the selection process, but then when it comes to promoting a person inside the organization, uh, how do you onboard them development? Let's talk about the impact of that. Yeah, there's a book that was written back in the 60s called The Peter Principle. And a lot of people know that phrase today, but don't know about the book. The, the whole premise of the book was that most organizations promote people to their highest level of incompetence. And of course, that sounds like it's humorous. But the reality is that when somebody does a good job, they get promoted. And if they do a good job in that position, they get promoted again. This is the way that most organizations think about career development. You do well in your current job, we're going to give you another opportunity. And unfortunately, what happens is we keep promoting people until they get to a job where they don't do it well. And then they either leave or they hide out or we figure out a way to work around them and they become what we would refer to as dead wood or part of the bureaucracy. And it's really our fault because we didn't understand that person well enough and we promoted them out of their competency. We promoted them out of what they did really well to something that they weren't so good at. The classic case of this, Dale, is when we take a great salesperson, we say, wow, this person's been a high-performing salesperson. Let's make her the sales manager so she can teach everybody else how to do it. The problem is the skills that it takes to really excel as a sales manager are not the same skills that it takes to be a good salesperson. So we often take somebody out of their their sphere of excellence, out of the area where they can really perform at a superior level, and we put them into an area that they will never perform at a superior level. So having the ability to understand and evaluate people at this deeper level prevents you from doing that. 
And it also opens up the idea that we should have more than one career path for people inside our organization. One of my clients, one of their career paths is in fact growing up the organizational chart where you begin supervising people, taking on more and more uh, responsibility for big projects. But they have another career path that we call the expert career path. That's where somebody stays in the same basic role as it relates to the org chart, but they keep going deeper and deeper and deeper in their expertise. They keep becoming more and more potent in their ability to create value for the organization based on what they know and what they can do instead of who they're leading. And this is a great example of the benefit of taking the time to really understand and evaluate people so that you're making smarter decisions in the way that you build your organization over time. Mm, fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been eye-opening. And uh, as we wrap up uh, and think, looking at my notes from our conversation and 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 what you've said, I'll, I'll leave listeners with three specific things that great managers believe. And that's that almost everyone wants to do great work, that individuals come to their work with unique and enduring talents that can be productively applied, and that the best results come from helping people develop their talents into sustainable performance. So... Absolutely. And if people are interested in finding out more about this and seeing some of the tools that we use, <clears throat> they can go to our website, price-associates.com, or they can write to me at ron at price-associates.com, and I'd be happy to show them some of these tools. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ron Price. You can see more, uh, learn more about this topic of understanding and evaluating others at thecompleteleader.org. There is a lot of video, a lot of content, blogs, videos, this podcast, uh, and and uh, just a whole plethora of information about this topic that's available at the website, thecompleteleader.org. More about Ron, the tools that are available to you at price-associates.com. Also, I'd encourage you to read Ron's latest book, The Innovator's Advantage with co-author Evans Baya. Rate and review this podcast in the iTunes store. We would be grateful for that five-star rating. And just a couple sentences about how this podcast is impacting you and your leadership skills. Once again, the book is The Complete leader and this is the complete leader podcast everything you need to become a high performing leader thanks for listening to the complete leader podcast find more online thecompleteleader.org